Good afternoon, Americans for Prosperity. Good afternoon, Americans across the country tuning in live today to join us here to talk about important issues. We are joined today by Stephen Utroska, our absolutely incredible state director in the state of Mississippi. And we're joined by a special guest who's going to talk us through one of the key debates on Capitol Hill, one of the key debates in the United States Senate. We're here to talk about the freedom of expression. We're here to talk about S1, HR1, otherwise known as the For the People Act. And we're going to tell you today why it is not for the people. And we're going to let Stephen kick us off and introduce us to our special guest. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be with Americans for Prosperity Mississippi, the state director here. Uh, I'm, I'm proud that uh, we have a, a great senator that has joined us today to talk to us. Uh, Senator Roger Wicker has uh, represented Mississippi in the U.S. Senate uh, since 2007. Uh, he was formerly the chairman and is now ranking member of uh, the Senate Committee on Com uh, Commerce, Science, and Transportation, continues to do great things up there. So, Senator, thank you for joining us today to talk about H.R. Uh, 1 and S1 and uh, the train wreck of uh, legislation that it is uh, coming down and some of the issues that it could have uh, for not only Americans, but Mississippians. So thank you for joining us. Well, uh, glad to glad to join in and um, and uh, I'm uh, happy to proceed in, in any way that you would um, uh, that you would like. But we are certainly are trying to uh, we're, we're not only trying to um, educate the public about S1 and HR1, um, but we're, we're trying to stop it because we really think this is something that has historically been, been done by the states and, uh, and should be done, uh, continued uh, under our system of federalism. But I'll be happy to go through uh, various proposals and hear what folks are saying about it. Sure. Yeah. And, and we'd just like to ask you a couple questions. So I'll start out and then, uh, and then I'll let Chris ask you a question. But uh, I just want to ask you uh, first, as we get started, you know, uh, do you believe that just as Americans have the right to cast ballots in private, uh, we also have the right to support causes uh, and, and join groups, make donations uh, without being monitored by the government? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think you do believe that and we should believe that. And so how will this bill, H.R. 1, S. 1, how will it erode those rights that we have as, as well, not only Americans? I, I, I think the disclosure provisions are, are an attempt basically to, to intimidate people not to contribute to groups like yours, for example, or uh, gr groups uh, on the uh, political right uh, that have a point of view. And, uh, and I, I view it as coercion, but you know what? If, if, uh, if, if California wants to pass a law uh, like that, uh, let them hash that out in California. They might want to have a, um, they want to have a, initiative about that. If I were there, I'd vote against it. But the main thing I'm saying is uh, the last thing we need is to impose something like this on a federal, national level and make every single jurisdiction comply with that. But it is a matter of, uh, of privacy. It's a matter of individual choice and, and being able to, to have a role in and advocacy without somebody calling you up uh, from the union or from the church or wherever and, uh, and, and putting a, a bit of coercion on you about it. And I know that's where you're coming from on this issue. It's a part of S1 and HR1 that we don't hear quite as much about. 
but I think Americans for Prosperity are, are speaking out on that. And to, to the extent that we are opposed to uh, any provision, we're opposed to that provision also. And again, let's have honest elections. Let's have secure elections. Let's encourage as many people to vote as possible as they did last year in record, record numbers. But uh, let's let that decision be made at the state level. You know, Senator, I just want to take a quick second and remind everybody who's watching that down in the comment section down below, they can take action on HR1, on S1, to assist you and your colleagues in communicating uh, our opposition to this legislation. So I encourage everyone watching across the country, those folks in Mississippi, take action now. You can see down below in the comment section. But I just want to tee off another question, Senator. Do you believe it should be easier for Americans to engage in speech? I assume you do, but specifically about the issues they care about. And that seems to get lost in this discussion. And could you talk a little bit about that? Well, it, yes, it should be. And, um, and the Supreme Court has ruled that, uh, that, that political discourse, uh, that political advertising is speech under the First Amendment. And, uh, and I'm all in favor of, uh, of protecting that in my role as a federal legislator. So uh, yes, I mean, it's an easy question, but uh, if you, if you uh, ask someone on the political left about that, uh, they, they start uh, hemming and hawing because they're all for free speech. But then uh, when you point out that, that there is an intimidation and coercion factor, uh, uh, maybe they're not quite uh, in, in so much agreement there. So we, we have a, a big divide on this issue. But let me also say this, and we're, we're limited on time. So in, in about uh, 17 minutes, they're going to run in and grab me here. Um, part of this is maintaining the 60-vote consensus filibuster that we've had for, for decades and decades, if not centuries, in the United States Senate. And I feel better about that issue than I did maybe a week ago. Um, two Democrats have come out and, and made very explicit statements. Uh, one of them in writing, uh, Senator Manchin, uh, that, that there should be no weakening of the filibuster. And, uh, and then the, uh, Senator Sinema came in and, and basically agreed with that in an interview. Uh, to the extent we can keep this consensus building 60 vote requirement. Uh, we can leave these, we, we can defeat S1, and we can leave these decisions to the states, including the decision on, uh, on uh, free speech and, uh, and, and, and not being subjected to coercion. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Senator. And just, just for the uh, our, our viewers, uh, I, I want to kind of expand on that some and, and ask you to you know expand on that some about the filibuster. You know, what does that mean uh, for you know specifically for us for Mississippians? What does that mean that we get to keep that filibuster? How do we use that to defeat this bill like HR one S one or other bills that we may not agree with? You know. Uh, you know, the, there's the, the infrastructure bill that's come out that uh, I think you publicly come out and, you know, said some things about that as well. But you know, how do we use the filibuster? And what does that mean to us to make sure that we, we keep that uh, and we secure that right? It, it means at least two things. Uh, for one thing, it means we could talk about it fully and have extensive public debate. And when we do, eventually the truth filters out 
to the American people. So it, it is a it is a mechanism for full and complete and fair debate, and it separates us from uh, it. It really separates the Senate, makes it unique and uh, and different from it really any other legislative body really in the world, including the House of Representatives, uh, which we can do. They they can enact something by two hundred eighteen to 217 vote, and that's great. I used to be in the House, and that's, that's the way it was. But, but also, in addition to the full debate, we are the body that brings about national consensus. And, and what have we accomplished during the time when we've had to come up with consensus? The 1964 Civil Rights Act was done with the filibuster in place. Finally, enough senators got together, understood it, public opinion galvanized, and Civil Rights Act was passed. Voting Rights Act of 65 was passed. Before that, Social Security, one of the things that really our, our senior citizens look to and, and where they don't have to worry uh, about poverty and, and old age, that was done with this super requirement and actually back then it was 67 votes medicare was passed with this consensus building thing so what i'm saying is and there was a great article um by by a great staffer who i served with and and who worked as a staffer when i was a senator i was his co i was his co-worker back when we worked for trent lott and I, uh then he worked as a staffer when i got over here as dave hoppy it was in the um, Wall Street Journal just yesterday or the day before that actually it was it was the filibuster that enabled this country to come together and agree on the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So I, I mean, to to the extent we've got something special that causes us to come together to do big things, uh, it would just be such a tragedy to throw that away after all these decades and years. Yeah, I think that's right. And you know, people, you know, who are watching viewers who may not be that involved in the political process or know, you know, you guys, the Senate, you are the upper chamber, uh, your rules don't have to match what the House rules are, you have different rules. And I think, just like you said, I think that that's a, um, you know, that's such a monumental thing that the upper chamber has to be able to, uh, you know, secure legislation and, and fully talk about legislation in ways that uh, the Senate has always used that uh, to, to benefit uh, the American people and, and certainly, again, you know, Mississippians here. So I appreciate that. Um, and, and, and just uh, two other examples. In recent days, it, during the Obama administration, um, the Senate came together and abolished No Child Left Behind and replaced it with Every Student Succeeds. Uh, there were there were objections to that bill certainly on the right because we heard it back uh, when we went back to our own states. But also uh, the, the teachers unions uh, had problems with it also, and we came together. And 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 this was during a, a Republican Senate and a Democrat in the White House, and and passed a repeal of No Child Left Behind by way over 60 votes. Uh, and uh, people don't remember this, but, but on, on a veterans reform bill, there was, there was Bernie Sanders working with, with former Senator Johnny Isaacson in Georgia 
on a on a huge, uh, I think, benefit for the veterans of this country. And again, uh, a, a left wing Democrat working with a Republican to do something big and allow choice for veterans who prefer not to go to that VA facility. A lot of them do, but allow them to choose to use a doctor locally instead of uh, instead of having to go to the government-owned facility. We did that by overcoming a filibuster, and it, and it just we talked about it enough and and came to uh, consensus and worked like the Senate ought to work. I'm going on and on about that. I do want to say, can I, guys, can I mention that the public is on our side on S1 and HR1? Um, and, I, you know, politicians are able to engage in hyperbole. You know, we all do it. Uh, but when Joe Biden says um, S, that, 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 that what's happening in Georgia is a Jim Crow or Jim Crow on steroids, it's more than exaggeration. It's, it's more than hyperbole. It's a flat line. It's a flat line. And uh, um, Georgia is uh, trying to make sure uh, they're replacing a signature verification with voter ID, photo ID. And I'll tell you, you ask in a poll, and I've got a poll here, uh, uh, whether um, Americans are for voter ID, and I don't care whether it's Democrats, Republicans, independent, or, or vegetarian, 72% of Americans are for voter ID. We're on the right side of this issue. S1 would make voter photo ID illegal in every state in the union. Can you imagine that? And, and uh, I think we're gonna win. Uh, we're gonna win because the, the voters are, are uh, on our side. Uh, this, I, and, and I don't know, do, do you, you want me to talk about ballot harvesting? Senator, if, if, I, if I might. Yeah. I, I hear that bell ringing in the back, which well, means you're going to get called okay. soon. And I, I, I will tell you, th this is a topic we could explore for quite some time. Right. Yeah. You know what you've said, I think, is the most valuable lesson for our viewers who don't understand these issues as well as, as, as you who are knee deep in it every day. You, like the voters, don't fear the debate. And whether it is S1, HR1, uh, whether it's thinking through the filibuster, Americans good principled members like yourself do not fear the debate. And That's I think that is, that, that, is a, that is a passionate and practical way to appreciate uh, the governance structure we have in this country and, and the blessings it bestows upon us. I, I don't want to get away from it. I, I know Stephen's got one more really important question, Senator, if you don't mind hitting that one out of the park before we wrap up here. And they, they shuttle you off to, uh, to the floor. <laughs> they bring out a hook. <laughs> yeah, and so this, this is an easy question. Yeah, the question is just, uh, you, do you believe in privacy rights? And, and, and with privacy rights, when we have a free freedom of speech, part of that freedom of speech is, uh, you know, supporting organizations like Americans for Prosperity to give you that voice. And so what does that mean to you? And, you know, what would this bill do? Or, you know, how do you see that going down if this bill is passed? If, if I want to write a, a $50 or $200 contribution to Americans for Prosperity, how to be able to do that without my name being in the paper. And I think everybody listening here agrees with that. Well, well, uh, that, Senator, that, 
that's that's one way that we're for privacy. Good. I freedom of expression. I think that's spot on, Senator. You know, I'm going to ask you one last question. You know, again, our activists, the folks watching, please take action in the, the link below. But, you know, the 117th Congress is fraught with challenges. What can you tell our grassroots that are watching you today? What excites you? It seems like a terrible time, but what excites you? <laughs> and where does the optimism or hope for the American people lay? Give, give us something to walk well, away. We can sink our boy, teeth. There, there's a lot to be concerned about. Um, and and a lot of it is self-inflicted by this administration. We had a uh, we had a long discussion today uh, at at our uh, Republican Party caucus meeting of, about what's going on on the southern border. Uh, I mean, it's terrible, and it's not it's not only bad for our country as a whole. It's it's bad for the individual boys and girls that are being abused and and taken advantage of. There on the cuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that. And obviously, all of this deficit spending and and uh, and, and uh, bill after bill with with trillions rather than billions, uh, it's enough to worry about. Um, I tell you though, I still get a lump in my throat um, when when I, when I realize we're we're still the shining city on a hill that Reagan talked about, and. Um, and, and I was with the president the other day. He honestly thinks we're a superpower in decline. That's possible if we keep going down this road. But I just don't think that's America. I, I, I don't accept that, that we are we're way behind um, the rest of the world. I mean, you, you may have, I may have been, my, my video, Somehow my video went off, but uh, you're back. I, I just don't accept that we're a declining superpower, and I certainly don't accept that we have to be. So uh, when I think that I have an opportunity to shape policy and to defend rights and uh, time-honored principles in the greatest uh, system of representative government that has ever been devised by the mind of man, uh, that is still exciting for this white-haired guy from Pontotoc, Mississippi. Well, folks, you've heard it here. Uh, that is a heck of a note to end on. Uh, we're joined today by United States Senator uh, Wicker, and you are, sir, this has been a pleasure. We're joined here today by Stephen Utraska, the state director in Mississippi. I'm Chris Hudson, Vice President of Americans for Prosperity, and I'm asking all of you guys to tune in, like, follow, share, this message at the end, this actual optimistic message, uh, an individual who truly understands the challenges we're facing is fighting the good fight in the United States Senate. Follow him, follow our team, and United States Senator Wicker, we appreciate you and thank you for your time today. Thank you.